is the Slice and Dice Podcast number 35. Unless you... Is it 35? Yes. The last time 35. No, last time was 34. That's okay. why this time's the 35. 34, 34A, and 34B. Yes. No, no. We are hitting up the uh, probably one of the last batches of the Little Horror of Hops. I haven't heard. Is this going to be a seasonal? I'm imagining With that for a just by the name, you would think it would I go. hope they can get rid of the monkey fist. This stuff is better. Long shot better. I don't mind the monkey fist. But no, the, I like but it. I this is like a little this. less hoppy. This, uh, this is one of my favorite shipyards. It kind of so. hits like right on the edge of being almost overly hoppy, but that safe edge. It's like more the Rebel a, IPA. More of a sea dog yeah. IPA. That type yep. thing. It doesn't, doesn't, you know you're drinking an IPA. Yeah, so it doesn't kick you in the nuts with the hops. Right. Not like the Fry's Leap, where every mm-hmm. th- every sip is like, oh, and you know if you had more than where two, it's going to sit. Where Just, you're belching up that flavor for right. a couple of weeks. and yeah. Anyway, we are back. I'm you know, only two weeks after the last one. That's yeah, almost well, like a regular back schedule. Back routine here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which is a, a good thing for us, at least. Yeah. Well, we'll be uh, reviewing uh, Crimson Peak a little bit later. Um, but any news topics that you wanted to bring up? Uh, well, I, I guess it's not surprising, and I want to get your take on it. As if we didn't see it coming, that there's now going to be, in 2020... A Godzilla versus King Kong movie. Mm. Now, I believe if I go in the Wayback Machine, that at some point, way back, there was a Godzilla versus King Kong. I'm talking black and white, old claymation kind of thing. Uh, Nespa. Sure, there was a Godzilla versus everybody right. back in the day, and I'm pretty sure there was a Kong and yeah. Godzilla. And if I'm not mistaken, this is so. If I'm correct. The way it's going to lay out is 2017, we're going to get our Kong Skull Island movie. Yeah. 2018, we're going to get Godzilla 2, mm-hmm. which appears, at least if the first one gave any hint, appears that'll be Mothra is going to be the villain in this. Mm-hmm. So, are we <laughs> approaching a world where all of these Uber franchises are going to try to battle each other? By forming these super, let's bring everyone together. An Avengers kind of approach, if you will. Because we know we have the Justice League movie come out. And that was, that, I mean, that the writing was on the wall for that for years. Sure. That realistically, if anything, DC's pissed that Marvel got there first. Why? Because Marvel does it 80 times better than DC ever did. Yeah. But, so we got Justice League, we got this. We have the Universal Monster movies on the background. And now we're going to have Godzilla versus King Kong. So are we heading towards this where it seems like every franchise is going to be raised up with its counterpart to have some end game here as if we're going to have some battle royale to come out. And is this what people really want to see? I think it all depends on what the franchise is. Um, I don't have a problem with it if you do it right. But, you know, when you look at how, yeah, Universal wanted to do the universe, the Universal Mar- uh, Monsters universe and tie all these together. And then a year later, you go, oh, and by the way, Dracula Untold or whatever it was called <laughs> is, is the kickoff to this. Well, then you failed already because that was a colossal piece of shit. Yeah. Really? That is what you want to launch? Use mm-hmm. to launch your... Marvelish. Right. They approached that almost after the fact. It was 
The ad campaign. Well, we already did begun. this one, so yeah, yeah, it was horrible, absolutely brutal. Um, you know, there's Skull Islands coming out, so that that I assume will be the kickoff from the Kong perspective here, which is good because that Peter Jackson piece of shit from which the is early being played ad nauseum on like FXs is, and things like that is oh god brutal, absolutely horrible. What? You don't enjoy watching King Kong make like he's skating around on ice uh, and, and frolicking just, playfully? <laughs> you know, sometimes the CGI, and this is something I've been critical of, of, of some of the Jurassic Park movies. It's like, you know, you've got these, these you know, ten-ton beasts running around and through and stuff, but yet they always seem to avoid when they're running in between them. Like, Come on, give me... Oh, give me something like the summer. dinosaur valley scene yes. in Kong, which was King Kong, which was the horrible, worst. the worst, absolutely the worst. And then, you know, you have Gareth Evan uh, Edwards, Gareth Edwards is uh, Godzilla, which was good for about twenty minutes, and that was the twenty minutes that Godzilla was actually on the screen. Oh yeah. Other than that. And I, you know what, I watched, I, oh, I, I, attempted, I attempted to re-watch that, and I got about halfway through and, and determined that it is a piece of shit. Okay, I will go on record right now for people that saw, heard my review of that movie, because I believe we did review that one. And I think yep, I gave did. it a three and a half-ish, and I will say that that movie is one, I've often talked about what I call the recency effect. People overrating movies they've just seen. And a classic example is a counterpart of ours doing a top ten list right after he'd seen I Am Human or whatever that fucking movie was. I Am Legend. I am Legend. And putting that in a top ten and we're like... Who did that? Coolio. Did he? Yeah. yeah. The three of us were sending an email chain around he actually put that as a top ten movie. Uh-huh. And we both pointed out, when, uh, said, when did you watch that? This weekend. Okay. Six months from now, let's see if I Am Legend is on that list. Godzilla, Godzilla is one I will flat out take back. I I think I gave it three and a half, and I was at least one and a half, if not two and a half, off on that one. That movie yeah. really is not good. I don't have any desire to revisit it. It doesn't. It's not even enjoyable, really, to watch. Other than that twenty minute scene. Well, and I saw it in IMAX, and and the effects on IMAX were cool. Seeing the the giant Godzilla, and and I thought the Godzilla looked good. It looked it looked uh, you know it's close to the original. As, a little pregnant, as I've sure. seen. Um, you know, and some of the shots with him in it were cool. But yeah, the the story around it was just weak, uninteresting, poorly acted. It just. Yeah, it was just a bad movie. The biggest waste of Brian Cranston ever. Pretty much. Um, pretty much a waste of everybody. But, you know, and, and I assume that's going to be, you know, that's your... If, if they're going to stick another Godzilla movie in between Skull Island are, and, and things, so they have, they have a chance to... Atone? Oh, yeah, atone <laughs> for it. You know, people may, may you know, give a, give a pass to the... To, the last Godzilla, if the next one's done well, but you know, I, a lot of this stuff is—they're just throwing money at stuff because they know people are going to come and see it. Um, and, and there's still too many studios in Hollywood that are not giving you the stories you—you really—not giving you really good stories because they know that people are just going to lap it up. Right. 
Now, I don't think they intentionally don't want to make a good movie. I think they want their movies to be good, but, you know, they're not... They're not giving you the best stories they can give you. But in their defense, I'll say this. You and I have often discussed the fact that we've become a clickbait society. That people mm-hmm. eat that shit up. Mm-hmm. And I think part and parcel with that, or they're going hand in hand with that, is the fact that people will, if you give them a special effects extravaganza at the expense of story... Quite often they'll go for the special effects and the big explosions and everything else and not care that you've done nothing to develop characters along the way. Right. I mean, and, and you know, thankfully, I, I think we're seeing that the Spider-Man movies have been pulled back from the edge of absolute <clears throat> desolation after two shitty movies and they've just pulled a halt to that franchise as we know it. Yeah, but, they moved but, it back, but but people weren't. There wasn't this big contingency of fanboy going. These are the greatest things no, ever. No, no, and you're the right. majority of people that those were targeted for were like, "God, that was a piece of shit." Yeah, there were some outliers, sure, but the majority of people were just like, "Dude, what the hell is this crap?" Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then but then you've got like it, it's it's a different thing where like you can look at the Twilight movies and say, "Yeah, that was a piece of crap," but the fan base didn't think so. So they were just churning right. out in numbers, in droves, to see yeah. these movies. So there was no incentive there for the studio to pull back and, and try to, you know, give give you something a little bit better. I've always contended, that I don't like the Twilight movies, but the Twilight movies aren't for me. As long as tween girl and their mom go and have a good time, right. knock yourself out. And, and like I say, my contention with those was always, well, if you're going to make that much money... Even though they don't care, give them a better effort. Yeah. And it was more me defending the fans but, thinking they deserve more. But, they but in the, at the end of the day, they didn't care. Right. And so I was kind of like fighting against nothing here. But to answer your question, um, yeah, I think that studios are going to pull these types of things together wherever they think they're going to make money doing it. And it'll be interesting to see... Next year, we have Batman v Superman. How this is going to go? Yeah, um, because I will. I mean, I've gone on record before saying I'm kind of looking forward to this movie, but I'm also very afraid of this movie because Man of Steel to me didn't quite live up to expectations. Mm-hmm. Certainly, a lot of it did. Until we saw the desolation of Gotham for, I mean, of uh, Metropolis for 30 minutes. Right. And insane loss of life that had apparently no loss of life because it was never discussed again. Right. And well, I believe that will be addressed here. It, and that certainly looks the way they're going to go. This could be a great movie, but it I feels like they're just trying to throw as many names into it as they possibly can to see what they get. In this case, two CGI names. And uh, this could also play out it's as a, uh, it's a point of no return for DC here. I mean, they're, they're not going to they're not going to do what the Spider-Man franchise did. If this movie doesn't if it is not acclaimed and is is looked upon, they're going to churn ahead regardless, and, and it's going to be oh, part yeah. of that canon. They're not going to like re try and reinvent the wheel. Well, so many of those movies are already well underway anyway. Yeah, they, they've already sunk the dollars in, and again. Their end game has got to be to get a Justice League film out. Because otherwise they are fucked. 
they may as well write off any future DC franchises when it comes to to movies because they've lost so much ground to Marvel as it is anyway. Mm-hmm. Alright. So yeah, on that note, it's become a fascinating world to me in as much as if you told me 15 years ago we'd be talking about all these comic book movies, I'd say you were insane. Because they, we had a few. We had Blade. We had the occasional appearance of Batman. But really, they, they were pretty slim to none. Where now all of a sudden, all in one week for TV alone, we have what? Hack Slash is announced. Which yeah. I'm intrigued for Hack Slash. Yeah. Why the Last Man, which you've talked about before and I have no history with, that one's already been picked up by FX. Yeah. And now there's been an announcement that not only is it going to be one, but we have two X-Men franchises hitting TV with, that are joint ventures of Marvel and Fox. Are we going to get to the point where we are getting overload? We're getting saturated with all these things. Is it going to be too much? I know, all kidding aside, right now it's too much for me when it comes to my DVR. But is are we going to get to a point where it flat out is too much and it just, I don't know, basically robbing from its own fan base? Um, no, I, I don't think so. Because um, I think there's, a, there's enough else out there. To satisfy those outside of the fan base, so it's not like that. It's not like there's this glut of just superhero programming that somebody else can't find their, you know, their the Good Wives and the uh, Once Upon a Time and all this kind of stuff. Their eighty-three procedural shows. Yeah, I mean that's that that stuff's always going to be out there. Um, no, I I don't think so, and I think as long as they keep doing these shows the right way. Which, I think, at least in this day and age of TV, I think more often than not, these shows are effective to a good point. Um, There's certainly some that are better than others. There's certainly some, like, uh, the ones that are on the CW that are good, but they're always going to have that CW-ish feel to it. I like Arrow enough, Um, but Arrow always feels like it was done on borderline shoestring budget. Well, yeah, I mean, you know... Supernatural's actually... There's just always going to have, like, a... A, I don't know, CW, their shows just sort of have that tween, teen, yeah. early 20s vibe to them. Those are, the, those are sort of that target audience for that station. And, you know, it's getting good stuff. You know, Gotham, Gotham's okay, um, but Gotham's going to be restricted based on the fact that it's on network. Now, you take Daredevil and what Jessica Jones looks like it could be mm-hmm. on Netflix, where you can get a little bit darker and, and stuff like that. That's going to appeal to, um, you know, the fanboys like us that want to see more edgy stuff like that. I, I don't think so. I think, uh, if, at least from what I've seen so far, the stuff that's out there, bring it on. It's certainly better than all that reality crap and all this and, other stuff that's out there. that, to me, is a great point, is we're not seeing... I mean, certainly, if you go to all the freaking way-off networks, the sure. HGTVs and stuff like that, sure. obviously that's where we're going to put reality shows, because what else are they going to put? If you're watching a Lawn and Garden network, I'm assuming you're going to see a whole bunch of shows on Lawn and Garden. If you're I'm watching okay a show that. on real, a, a real estate network or a home network, you're going to see a whole bunch of reality shows on billionaire housing. I get that. And, and I'm and okay that's with that stuff on that stuff. It, you know, ten years ago it was pissing me off. It was because you had shows like uh, 
you know, the show, shows that are still around, but like the Kardashians and, and the Bachelorettes and, and all that just mindless mm-hmm. bullshit. And well, they were canceling good shows right. back then because, you know, there was a show, uh, I'm not going to remember the name of it, it was a half hour comedy about a guy who, who could uh, touch somebody who died and bring them back to life for like 30 seconds and uh, uh, Pushing Daisies yes. is what it was called. It was phenomenal. Nobody freaking watched it. Um, absolutely great show. Nobody watched it because they were watching uh, America's Next This and This on another channel. It was getting all the ratings. I'm like, come on. You know, people think a little. People are so just numb to having to to think a little for their shows. And, and, and you know, they, they, they can't put their damn smart devices down long enough to actually... Watch and comprehend what's going on on a screen. I mean, follow a cohesive plot line? <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I'm appreciative of what a lot of the cable stations are doing now. With, and even, you know, the AMCs, the FXs, the, the pay stations, and Netflix, of course. Hulu, Yahoo, Amazon. All these shows are doing original shows. And I feel like that they're the ones that understand what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Because... What I don't do when I'm watching something I like, I don't. My, my phone doesn't even come out of my damn pocket oh, because I'm I'm interested in what's going on, mm-hmm. and I feel like we're in the minority here in 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 this day and age. It's, it's definitely an older demographic that that is not that is more into these shows I think now, and it's it's not so much the kids. You can stuff. always tell if I'm interested in the show because. My laptop is in the living room at all times, but if I'm interested in following a show, mm-hmm. I'm not on that laptop. Mm-hmm. Right. If I really am at the point where I've checked out, and uh, there's a show right now that uh, some people are watching, and I'm already beyond, is The Bastard Executioner. I don't care. <clears throat> I'm not enjoying the yet. show. Yeah. I'm finding it to be boring. Yeah. It just... And I'm finding that during episodes, I'm just firing well, up my and, laptop and, and not caring anymore. And yeah, that, that's sort of like sort of like the the signal to me that that the show isn't working is if I'm looking at my phone when right. it's on. And that's that's exactly where I was yeah. going with that is if there's no reason for me to follow it I've got, I've got no point and True Blood was really the last uh, one that I got I just that gave way. Up on it. I gave my up wife on it. would would still watch True Blood religiously and I did not care. The last 3 seasons I couldn't tell you what happened in it. No, she was, she would point out there's a chick I thought was oh so and so's about to get naked. Great I look up saw it Done. Don't yeah. care anymore. Right. And I'd fire up an online game on my laptop. And But I'm with you. Um, do I think it could be overloaded? Certainly. But I'm all, I'm more afraid of that in as much as I don't want them oh. to exhaust all of the material. Uh, I, don't I don't want them to start going to, to bad material. But I don't because know. I think that's why you're getting now. I mean, you're, you're, they're exploring other things. They've, they've gotten outside of the superhero stuff now with the hack slash. Mm-hmm. Uh, Preacher is supposed to be coming, which is another good one. All right, and I want to pause right there and okay. say, here is where I need to throw an apology out. For a few years, I shat on Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen has become... Really big in this world because if I'm not mistaken, he well I know for a fact he's the one that pushed to get Preacher done and mm-hmm. fought for networks. I believe he's the one running with Why the uh, Why the Last Man. And there's another uh, graphic novel franchise that a lot of people love, and I can't remember the name of it. 
the wanted man, the one that he's the one already out there trying to get sold. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him credit for being a guy who clearly is a fanboy who's yeah. using his popularity to get good things done. I, just, I wasn't a fan of, of Rogan back in his, you know, just, just nothing but slob humor, slob stoner comedy. Right. Don't have any use for that. Um, so I don't, I don't own, find I it funny, it. <laughs> but Rogan has, and, and, and he does lapse back into that from time to time, um, you know, but, you know, in, in a very meta way when it came to uh, This is the End and stuff like that. Oh, I love that. Um, but he's he's also at least proven that he's got more going on beyond that, mm-hmm. comedy-wise, even dramatic-wise, 50-50, he was great in that. Um, so Rogan has shown a little bit of... Uh, a little bit beyond what we thought he was ten years ago. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Dirty Randy should get an Emmy. Just saying. <laughs> Dirty Randy, right. Um, so, yeah, I, I, the only thing, is it too much? It's too much to keep up with. Oh, yeah. Some I, I'm of these already I just, starting to eliminate some down There's some of the stuff I just jump. like, yeah, whenever this shows up on Netflix a year and a half from now. Yeah. Then, there will be a time it. where all of a sudden I'm going to find that there's a few shows I don't care about, so yep. I'll be down to just two shows, and then I'll binge the suckers. Yeah, and I'm hitting that point certainly this season because at the end of the week I've got like seven or eight shows that I'm recording, and I'm not yep. not able to keep up right now. Yeah, I mean my movie watching is down dramatically this year from what it normally is. I haven't even hit a hundred yet. I'm two two and a half months year, away that's... from away from the end of the year. Um, but it's it's because there's so much television I'm trying to catch up with, and it's just you know there's just too much, and and I don't even feel like I've I've got even a third of what I need to watch under my belt yet. So um, so I, I'm all for it. Keep it keep it coming. All right. So you had? No, I've got a few more. If oh, you really well, want. well, I was gonna we'll do one more. Let's do one more. All right, go on, baby girl. Let's do one more. <laughs> I was going Corolla on you there. You like that? <laughs> Well, I was actually going to add to the whole comic book discussion real quick and say that I will admit, last podcast we discussed the fact that I've already lost the dude's name who's going to be directing the third Thor movie, Thor Ragnarok, dude who's from What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, yeah, uh, Taika. And now the announcements come out that the Hulk is going to be a major character in this movie. Mm. In fact, it's really going to be a Thor-Hulk movie. That it's going to be them going through apparently different planes, but that's no great stretch because that's really what the Thor franchise is. Yeah, dealing with uh, meeting up with some Valkyries and fighting probably what could be the darkest villain that we've seen any of the franchises. I am on board for seeing what we get out of more Hulk Mm -hmm. if done the right way. Mm -hmm. So far, I think the blueprint's been laid out by Whedon and how to do it. Um, yeah. I'm a little afraid, though, if all of a sudden it turns out that Hulk is going to get an hour of screen time, that could be trouble. I think they've got to, to find that right balance between Hulk and Banner here. Yeah, no, I... I we don't just I need Hulk smash for an hour. I wish they would uh, they would do a, a singular Hulk movie and go around the Planet Hulk storyline, because that was phenomenal. Shit. Yeah, again, I don't have any background with that one. But I know, know of un- it. But. Unfortunately, that, that would incorporate uh, Doctor Strange, which we haven't got to yet, what's coming, and it, it would involve uh, Reed Richards with the Fantastic Four, and Marvel doesn't have that doesn't have that property currently, 
So they could even do though that. rumor has it that broke this week that all of a sudden the Fantastic Four franchise has been offered back to Marvel to, yeah, to take over. If, if, I haven't seen any proof that that's true. It would seem to me that if that's the case, it's what 20th Century Fox has it right now, right? Yeah, that they um, gave up on that <clears throat> awful easy with what could well, easily think, be blamed on just a bad deal. I, I think that if they're smart, they're going to understand that, like, um, you know, we'll give you like they're doing with Spider-Man. We'll give you this back for this certain amount of cut and stuff like that, and. Yeah, they'd be foolish to not give those back to Marvel and just take their cut. I understand why they don't want to give up the franchises straight up, but clearly they've shown an ineptness to make a good movie out of out of these franchises. I don't know why. I don't know why it's so difficult. Why? Why? why the people at Marvel Studios seem to be able to get the right writers and the right directors and, and make quality films while. These idiots over at Fox or Sony or wherever the hell, they, whoever owns these franchises, it can't do the same thing. Now, I will give credit to to the Sony. I think it's Sony that's got the X Men franchise. They're doing a good job bringing in the right people and doing the right things. But yeah, Fox. Oh my God, Fantastic Four and and Spider Man or whoever. And, and I may be wrong on Fox, Sony, who who actually owns I mean, these look, properties. I think Sony had Spider Man <laughs> and Fox had. But oh my God, just how do you even put who who is sitting in a room going like, yeah, that's what we're looking for. That's where I get baffled. <laughs> that's that's what we want. Are there not test screenings here? Do you not bring mm. in fanboys to go? Hey, what Thank do you, you think? At what point do you bring somebody who's a fan of that kind of thing in and say, we need your honest opinion. $200 million is riding on this. Yeah. Tell us, with this product, do you think we have a good movie here? Right. And let's, let's have an idea. Let's have a big enough sample here so it's not that one stoned nerd boy <laughs> yeah. who doesn't know the difference oh, of good from bad. Electro's righteous dude. Right. That dude who's already <laughs> bought all the Electro gear yeah. two months. That was It's the same as those people that were showing up dressed as Navi to the Avatar premiere <laughs> when they'd never seen the fucking movie. It right. could have been an absolute piece of shit. Right. They didn't care. That dude wearing Jar Jar Binks gear <laughs> The Phantom Menace premiere. Yeah. And then they go, uh. <laughs> then they find themselves defending that just because they already made an ass of himself. And I, I've always wondered who these studios are in bed with that they're not doing that. It yeah. would seem to me that the amount of money on this, you have these people under contract. Right. You can shoot an extra month and make a movie go from a two to a five right. if you do it right, or at least a four. Right. You too. You're presuming that they that they hit two to begin with. Amazing Spider-Man two didn't. <laughs> no, not at all. Last subject, real quick. Oh, yeah, go ahead. And the world already knows about this, but I need your take. So Miley Cyrus has announced that she and the Flaming Lips are going to do a concert completely nude, and they want the whole audience <laughs> to be nude. That's awesome. <laughs> I will not be there. <laughs> But if you put that on TV, I will watch that. Exactly. <laughs> so here's the deal. Does she truly believe that she shocks anybody anymore? 
Um, I'm sure she shocks, you know, the, your your local church group. And, 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 and what do her parents think? Or are they just saying, well, you know, um, at least I have to listen to that achy, breaky heart song again. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's interesting. Are the Flaming Lips going to be naked? The entire, the whole band is going to be 100% naked. They're going to play the whole show. But apparently, and I may have misread this, because of course she dropped... This new album, or is dropping one to her dead pets, and <laughs> apparently her dead pets is what she's calling her backup band or something. And the Flaming Lips or something is claiming that they could be her dead pets. So I don't know what all this means, mm-hmm. and I'm sure in whatever bowl they're smoking, it all may make sense. <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, all I know is I see Miley Cyrus's more uh, tits more often than I've seen my own tits, <laughs> and I don't care anymore. <laughs> And if yeah. she truly believes that she is shocking people, you're right. Maybe there's that one person who hasn't discovered the internet. Right. And because if you have, what movie was it that we, uh, was the one with uh, the Ronin chick the, that was the, the being raised her, Ronin, where oh, she yeah, was like yeah, 12 yeah. and her dad was raising her to be. Oh, uh, yeah, Hannah. And then she goes into town somehow yeah, yeah. searches the internet. No the net. In that time, she would have seen Miley Cyrus's tits three times. Right. So <laughs> it's not a big deal anymore. No. I laugh when I see this, and I laugh at the thought of what will this audience be? Right. If they're all going to show up in a revelry and be naked, honestly, oh, what have we done this, here? This will just be the modern-day hippie. Uh, and you'll say they haven't found a town who's willing to let them do this yet. No. It's going to be a one-time event. Maybe apparently. we should start up a, a petition, a GoFundMe go page to bring them to Portland. <laughs> Portland on the map, officially. You want to be a big city? Miley Cyrus and the Flaming Lips naked. <laughs> yeah. All uh, the- I've walked through Portland. There's not a lot of people I want no. to see naked well, here. You and I haven't really talked about it, and I think it will go part and parcel with this. Do you remember, was it back about two months ago, the Free the Nipple campaign appeared at yeah. Hampton? Yeah. And they thought they were going to get a thousand people. What they got was like 20 dudes and like one chick. <laughs> that would be the exact thing that's going to be happening here. Is a whole bunch of dudes showed up going, all right, I want to see me some nips. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. All right, let's break here and uh, we'll come back. We'll talk a little horror movies. So, the air is a little cooler now, you know, the leaves are, are flowing, It's the, the pumpkins are coming around. And, and getting massacred, yes. Yes, they're getting massacred. Um, it's it's middle of October, and for me, that means horror flex. Oh, hell yeah. Um, for better or worse, the stuff that's out there, you know, in recent, in recent years, 
you know, I, I still feel like there's too much horror coming out not in October, which is where it should be loaded up in October. Whoa. But you look back at since you were a wee lad, and what are some of those seminal horror movies that you always have to turn back to this time of year? The obvious is John Carpenter's Halloween. It's a must, must revisit. And it's so good. Even though I can't, for the life of me, how old, let's see, Michael Myers was, I believe, six when he killed. It sounds right. And was put into an asylum. Yeah, he still somehow, at some point when he escapes, learn, knows how to drive. I, I, just saying. <laughs> he had a whole lot of time to study. On what, I, I have no idea. I, I guess. <laughs> I, I just thought that was, it's, it's just a funny little quirk of like, um, how does he know how to drive? <laughs> but whatever. It's such a good flick. It, well, and the thing is, it, to me, is the perfect slasher film. And I, I know there will be some people who throw Psycho in there, but Psycho's different. Psycho really it's is... one slash. It's one slash, <laughs> and it's not so much about the slashing. That's more about, this is a dude who's fucking lost his mind. Right. Halloween is a true slasher film. Sure. It's one of those that you know he's around the corner, you know he's that creepy thing lurking around the corner, and yes, to answer the question, he was in fact the boogeyman. Certainly. And to me, when even today, before our movie, when they played the trailer, or played the little preview... Yeah, with for the face in the dark and shadow. Dude, it's, awesome. it's a fucking brilliant movie. Yeah. It, it was a perfect 70s... That was 70s, right? 78-ish? Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah. But that late 70s, early 80s, where every other month we were getting a horror movie, Halloween is all but perfect in terms of slasher. And it really is the movie that made John Carpenter a household name. Uh, agreed. Um, you know, and I look at... When I look at, like, the 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 movies that kicked off the slasher genre um, in earnest back in those days, you look at Halloween, you look at the Friday the 13th, and you look at The Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep. Um, I'm not a big Friday the 13th guy. Neither am I. Um, I'm, I'm, the first one's a decent eh, movie. You know, but, but the first one, again, reminder, spoilers, Jason... Not the murderer in this movie, right? You know, that was different. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I've never been a Friday the Thirteenth guy. Uh, I do love the original Nightmare on Elm Street. That is, a I flick. do, but that movie. That's. I don't know if those movies scare me that much. Now, if there is one that's scary a little, it's the first one. Yeah, when they're sure. creating the whole mythos that yep. the, that that is. This uh, Freddy Krueger, this guy that's just an absolute creepazoid, yeah. little child molester who the family went all street justice, or the families went street justice on. But I still think it's a must for Absolutely. for horror fans in general. If you haven't seen it, not not the remake that sucked um, from what seven eight years ago. Or yeah, um, that, that was horrible. No, it's no it was, no issue with Jackie Earl Haley. No, they just, no, it's they just focused a bad on story. the wrong thing. Yeah, it's just a bad story. Um, but yeah, John Carpenter's Halloween. Another one, one of mine is without a doubt Brian De Palma's version of Carrie. The, um, origi- yeah, the, the original, original Carrie. Yeah, yeah, just just one of my favorite. I have it sitting right over there. Um, just another great, just thriller of a story. Mm-hmm. You know, this girl who, who's tormented and bullied, who's who's a victim of her mom's obsessive, over religiously zealoty lifestyle. And so, so it just transcends into school, and shit, you you got no shot when you're that kid in school. All right, but you know the the way it's one of those. Uh, 
you know, Stephen King's stories that I thought translated well mm-hmm. to I, the I big screen. Um, but, you know, it had a good director. And, you know, for what it's worth, Sissy Spacek, and, and that was great. She was perfect. And I'd go so far as to say, Carrie's a great story because, to a certain extent, she's an anti-hero. Mm-hmm. Because there are times where you're watching this happening to her going, uh, these people deserve oh, every fucking thing they get. It's the splash-over effect to everybody else that didn't deserve it that you kind of yeah, feel like, bad for. like the teacher, the, Betty Buckley's character. Right, or, that, or that had like been that. But, very... But at that point, Carrie's so far gone in her mind, right. it's like, well, there's going to be a lot of collateral damage well, here. And, and because it, the way that movie is done, and I... I it's been so long since I've read the book. I don't remember if that's the way the book plays out. The way it's done, they kind of sh- tell the story as if her mom had warned her to a certain extent that this is the way it was going to play out. Her mom was taking it from a different angle, but that's not really what Carrie absorbed. It's just, they're all going to laugh at you, and then just plays out that they're all to blame. Right. For me, the other one, uh, the next one up, is to go in line with that, The Shining. Yeah. I, I, every, which is pure psychological horror. Oh it's, fuck! It, which is my kind of horror. I yeah. just yeah. absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Shining to me is nothing short of absolute brilliance. It's one of those cases where the source material was done five times better, and when it was turned to a big screen flick, and well, Kubrick has a lot exactly. to do with that. I mean, Kubrick is the guy who at times can belabor things, play them out over a period of time, but a little too long. But that's what I like about Kubrick. Well, you have Scatman Crothers and his you do. Cleopatra you d- velvet painting. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Yeah. And, and you get uh, uh, Shelley Duvall looking the most just, Shelley Duvall-ish. Yes. <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely no doubt that there's a look to Shelley Duvall. She was the, she was the Tilda Swinton of the 70s. She was perfectly <laughs> cast as olive oil. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, for me, another one out of the 70s, uh, Toby Hooper's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That which, movie grosses me the fuck out. Well, see, that, see, that surprises me, because as I watch that, there's not a lot of gore in that movie. You know what? It, there it, was more mo- gore in the movie we saw today than there I was really in agree. Texas Chainsaw for Massacre. For me, one of the things I can't handle is people being held and put in situations against their will. So the scene in uh, Texas Chainsaw where they've got her tied down, like Grandpa used the hammer on her. <laughs> oh, dude, that is See troublesome. That. So, so you had a problem with the original Saw? The original Saw, I actually had more trouble Which with I, the second Saw. See, I only saw the first Saw. I, I didn't even bother with the other ones. I saw the first Saw. And what I like about that, it's not because it's that... You know, there's a little bit of gore and stuff, but it's just that whole, like, what are you willing to do to save your the own ass? The first Saw, to me, gets credited for being a great horror movie. To me, that's not a horror movie anyway. That is a, a psychological thriller to that end. It's, and I it can, builds I can go a along very that. great story of all these people have just been absolute fuck-ups. What are you willing to do to atone and fix those problems? I find a, a little bit of like cheap thrills to be along those lines. It, it, it That's a great example. Well, cheap thrills wasn't so much like what are you do, willing to do to atone for for your problems. That was just how that was far just will head you go? Games. How far will you go to to walk out of here, basically? Mm-hmm. And that's what solace for me. I agree that 
that to yeah I mean you have to if you have to put it under an umbrella it's going to be under the horror umbrella mm-hmm. but yeah it, it's as much a thriller as it is anything uh, but yeah but Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, I I thought that was just a, a a phenomenal horror film. I, I won't disagree with you. That's not, I, I've seen it countless times. I just know what scenes i got to go, all right, here's where I, I want to vomit. <laughs> right. no, I, but, I mean, to that I, end, again, there's a scene in one of the Friday the 13th movies. And, and I'm not, again, I'm not a huge fan of all the Friday the 13th, let alone Friday the 13th, Jason takes Manhattan and all that shit. <laughs> yeah. But in one of them, he zips a girl up in a sleeping bag and starts beating her against a tree. Yeah. Worst, that to me is the most horrific death I've ever seen in any horror movie. Right. It, because I can see somebody being tortured that way. It's almost like I won't watch torture porn. Well, Don't want to watch the hostels of the world or things like that. The Green Inferno, I had no, I have no desire to sit and watch people some be of the, some of those types of things sort of pull you back away from the the fantasy aspects of a movie to a point where you know what this could really happen some sick fuck could really and probably do this. has at some point yeah. somebody has had this done could do that um and you know, that to me is a key with good horror is that bit where it can still be a little escapist where that little kid party gets unlocked that that part that's afraid of the dark part of going in the, afraid of being in the basement you know we're at a split level in your place, so I guess basement stories don't yeah. really count. Right. But horror plays on that little childhood party that yeah. still knows realistically there's nothing there. Right. But it could be. Right. And that's what that to me is where good horror works. I mean, Alien to me will always be one of the greatest horror movies ever made. Yeah. I've never been on the Nostromo. I've never gone to another planet, nor do I think I ever will. But it doesn't matter. That's oh. still a creepy fucking movie. You know, I... I to that end, you know, when you when you think about what the most effective horror is, the stuff that you 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 believe could happen in real life, um, you know, and, and this this falls more along with your belief structures and and whatnot. Uh, I'm not a religious guy. I don't I I err towards the side of science when it comes to theology than I do. You know, theology, I do but too. but I I can no more disprove the existence of a god than I can prove it. However, when I when it comes to like the spirit realm, ghosts, mm-hmm. um, you know, paranormal activities, and you can see the segue coming here. Um, I, I know enough people that have had that I trust, that I believe, that have had experiences that they can't explain. Tell me. In graphic detail, what they experienced, and I can't just dismiss that outright. Mm-hmm. And so, when I get a movie like a Paranormal Activity, the original, you know, not not after we, hey, we just made a shit ton of money, so let's make five more of these. Um, where, and I've contended this, and I'm a broken record on this, that there's nothing more effective and scaring than just good old bump in the night horror. Oh, it's not about effects. It's not about what what ghoulie you can create to show on screen and, and and hack slash and torture porn stuff. It's just dead silence and a boom. That is effective horror. To support that, there's a movie you and I have both discussed that a lot of people have dissed. 
Drag Me to Hell, the greatest scene in that movie is those fucking hooves. <laughs> the shadowed underneath the door. Dude. That move, that was sheer brilliance. It was, yeah, it was, it just, that was imagery. And, and if you have any sort of belief in a, in a, in an afterlife or, or an alternate dimension of some sort, you, you can reconcile that type of thing as a real occurrence. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it may not be. It may just be your, your mind playing with your stuff. But I've heard stories. I've heard stories from you alone, from people that we know, mm-hmm. that, you know, in the middle of a, of a seance or like this, there's things happen. Yeah. And it, I've heard about the bear demon thing. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I've seen these things. And, and as you a person, saw the bear? I, I didn't see the bear. I was the person who said, draw what you saw. And the two people drew the exact same thing that they saw. Right. With no communication, it was, okay, here's a pad and paper. Now, unless they plotted this all out before we got there, which was inter- would be a really fascinating thing to do. Yeah. Is it possible? Yeah. Highly unlikely. I got to err on the side of, I know these people, and they saw what they saw. And the fact that I'd, I'd seen other things as a result of these over a matter of a few months. Yeah. That would add up to that point, too. Yeah. Well, you know, I have, I have cousins that grew up in an old house in Niagara Falls. Uh, their, their dad was a mortician, just to add intrigue to the whole story. But they bought a house that was extremely old, um, that historians, it, it, when they bought the house, they, you know, there's these, the basement, this, this, you know, concrete walled basement where, you know, there's, you can knock walls down, there's other little rooms in there and stuff. And historians had identified that that, that was a stopping ground for the Underground Railroad back in the day. Um, and to a person, uh, five of them in the house would always tell about stories that are happening there of, 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 of a shadow man, of, of a, of a white woman apparition. And they all, you know, they've, they've all said this stuff, um, you know, standing outside their house and looking up and seeing a face looking back at them of a, of a, of a child looking out the window. I mean... Are they all nuts? Well, you know? <laughs> Here's the deal. What do they gain by these stories? If they're trying to spread bullshit. Right. I, because there's enough people to look at you and say, oh, fuck you. Sure. You're full of shit. Sure. Or want to brand you as, a, as an insane person. Right. And, and that's always where I've come. I mean, yes, I've heard those stories. Oh, yeah. Bullshit. But then I've heard them from people where I say, no, I, I know that person's mindset. They wouldn't say it if they truly didn't believe that's what they saw. Well, that's why movies like, uh, and one of my, one of the movies that, to this day, fucks me up to no end, <laughs> is the Amityville Oh, movie. hell yeah. That movie gave me nightmares for a month. I, I, I will not watch the Amityville Horror alone, to this day. I won't do it. I, it just, it freaks me the fuck out. Bring Dexter the guard dog to protect her. All it is is just bump in the night paranormal horror. You know, in the movie, certainly the movie well, you know what, the movie doesn't even doesn't even bother with 
a creature other than that Jody the pig thing, which, which fuck that. Um, but but that's the type of thing. And if you told me today, I'd give you a thousand dollars. I'll give you I'll give you fucking fifty thousand dollars to go sleep in that house. And I know that since the seventies, there have been numerous people live there. They've reported nothing. But I'll give you fifty thousand dollars to go sleep in that house overnight by yourself. I will Fuck not that. do it. Fuck that. I won't do it. I haven't I, seen enough documented proof that they've disproven the whole story yet, to be perfectly honest. It, it may be bunk. It, <laughs> it may be. be. But I saw the movie. Right. And I don't care. Because they, all I'm going to do is I'm going to lay there. If they crafted this story so they didn't have to pay another mortgage payment, <laughs> good job for you. Not you me. fucked me up a lot. What I do know, for an absolute fact, though... Is that somebody killed his family in this house? Right, the family. That, that's that, not yes. disputed. No, that's true. That's that's <laughs> absolutely true. And I'm not going to sit there. And all I'm going to do is going to lay there with my eyes wide open. And I'm Otis. Remember, I'm not getting out of this house alive if something happens. <laughs> and all I'm going to hear is. And the I'm first like, mosquito um, that flies I, over your head, I, you're like, fuck it, here's the flies, would, we're done. I would, I would die of a freaking coronary right there. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> you wouldn't get to the point where the ghosts are telling you no. to get out? No, no, no. I, I would never get in. So, and, and that's interesting, you know, and, and uh, that's why I, I gravitated towards, like, the original paranormal activity, where... It wasn't about what you see and stuff like that. It's what what you hear. These realistic, you know, this this boom, boom, that kind of thing. And, well, you know, it devolves a little bit and it goes a little cliche with its freaking Ouija board shit and stuff like that. But but this is again why I defend Willow Creek. To be honest, hmm? I get the ripoffs of. Blair Witch. Believe me, I get it. Yeah. And it's one of those, what came first, chicken or the egg? In this case, Blair Witch came first. Right. And all the lost stuff. That, But that 21-minute sequence, yeah. when it's just them in the tent, yeah. and the cries around them, and the shit, the rocks being chucked in the tent, yeah. that is fucking good horror. That's the I stuff agree. that you look at and go, Jesus Christ. What would I do if I was in that tent at that moment? First thing is, I wouldn't put myself in that situation. No. But if I was, how do you do It's all about surviving that night. Sure. And that, it, to me, is just one of the more underrated sequences that I've seen in quite some time. I will allow that. It's just, like I said, I, he, he essentially riffed off. Riffed and off and I, completely, I completely agree that... It, unfortunately, Blair Witch came first. Yeah. Blair Witch didn't do that sequence. It did something similar because there was step. the time uh, there was heard, the one where they're snot nose. Well, and there was the scene where they're in the tent yeah. on the overnight, and they wake yeah. up in the morning. The little cross witch yeah. things are hanging from the trees. Yeah. It was like a two minute sequence, not this like one shot take. Right. But that's why I agree with you though with the Paranormal Activity film. Did it work that much for me? I'm not as big a paranormal fan, but I agree with you. I'm not a fan of the franchise, but the first one. The first one has plenty of merit. Yeah. And actually, I kind of like the third one, which I know a lot of people... Well, does it move the story along a little bit? It moved, and 
that fucking scene with the oscillating <laughs> fan and yeah, the, that's, that's, that was <laughs> and the freaking that was tense weird blanket that's right. got an image underneath well, that, that just part, drops yeah well and that's part of that fan scene when you see that thing I didn't see it the first time I saw it I'm like oh fuck look at that yeah that's that's creepy effective horror mm-hmm. um, you know I you look at modern day horror. Then you you went into the nineties or maybe it was the eighties, but you got into the child's play shit and, oh, and stuff like that. And I'm like, that was eh. weird comedic. If anyone, yeah, there were those weird camp fun horror. funny. I camp. mean, fun is scary. Right. It was not scary. Camp horror. They're, those are the same. Um, well, I was gonna say those are the same people that see Creep Show as scary. Yeah, Creep Show you have to break down by the sequence because that creature un- in the crate under the stairs, yeah. that's some fucked up shit. Right. But. That's that Bigfoot part of me. Right, 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 right. And then now we've got, like, in the last couple of years, what I think a is rebirth. a return to good horror. And I think it started with, like, um, uh, the Insidious movies. And I know there's a lot of haters of this stuff. But those are just... Those Stop are just, dissing on Insidious. Those are just just trolls. Oh, that wasn't scary. That was scary. You know what? Let's throw your opinion right out of this. Um and let's throw the opinion of the other side that said this is the greatest horror movie since kind of thing. And mm-hmm. let's meet in the middle on this and say that this was good, effective horror. And I think James Wan understood what creeps people out. Yeah, I saw The Conjuring in a sold-out theater, and dude, I will tell you, there were people flipping the fuck out at times sure, in that film. Sure, And do these things, you know, do they rely a little bit on jump scares a little too much? Yeah, yeah. I, perhaps. But that can be effective, too, if, if done correctly. As long as that's not your only thing. Right. You know, don't keep having a cat jump out of the shadows. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need that. But it follows... It follows the Babadook uh, oh, movies the Babadook. movies like that that sort of just play on your mind. Um, you know, the stuff that leaves you wondering, is this real? Is it not real? It follows, is there's nothing, other than that opening sequence, there's nothing overly gory about oh. it. It's just about the psychological horror of not know, of knowing that there's nothing you can really do to eliminate your problems. You can, you can get separation from your problem, but the problem is always there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some sequences in It Follows, which is my favorite horror movie of, of the last probably... Freaking twenty say, years, yeah. Oh, God, I've watched it four times since I bought it. Where you don't know, where, where you're looking out at the distance, not even paying attention to what's right in the front of your screen, looking out the distance. That like, scene where on the out there on the schoolyard talking, and you see yeah. the person walking towards yeah. you, like, oh fuck, yeah, oh fuck. Will you turn around? And then it's just the person that just wanders by. You think, right? Because right. the only reason you say you think is because. In every case, the demon thing has always attacked right. when it got close enough. Not yep. just passed on by like, oh, fuck you. Mm-hmm. But the tall man versus the little kid versus the... Uh, the tall man, when he came out of the shadows by the thing in the theater, <laughs> that was <laughs> fucked up. That was, all, that was an all hell no mm-hmm. moment. Great, great stuff. Um, so, yeah. I mean, for me, this time of year, this is the type of stuff I'm looking for. And I think... We're heading in the right direction too. I think we're we're seeing a rebirth of good horror. I think we're relying a little less on just straight CGI to be the scares, mm. which is a good thing. Now, there are plenty of movies that still play on that. 
And there always will be. It's an easy way out. But at the end of the day, just give me a, a give me something that just slams the door in the middle of the night. Give me the shaking of the doorknob. Give me that weird shadow that you can't explain. Right. That's some scary shit. I agree. I agree. Well, with that said, perhaps we should pause one last time and then come back with our uh, review of Crimson Peak. We have just uh, come back from seeing Guillermo del Toro's Crimson Peak. I swear we st- he started talking about this movie, what, three years ago? It was a while ago, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm always, you know, del Toro has always been looked upon as this, you know, one of our, our best genre directors. And, you know, I, I don't have any problem with people who say that. I don't find all of his stuff to be all that, um, I mean, he's, he's, I like some of his stuff, I like his Hellboy stuff, uh, uh, he did Pan's Labyrinth. Right? I love Pan's Labyrinth, um, I, I'm very, I very much defend Pan's Labyrinth. But at the end of the day, a lot of his stuff doesn't, I don't, I don't find a lot of reason to revisit a lot of his stuff. Very interesting wording. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, well, here's the deal. To me, with a lot of his stuff, he's very, very, very into the look of things. Mm. And Pan's Labyrinth, to me, was a great balance of good story and this just fucking twisted imagery. Yeah. And I don't remember, Did he do Pan's Labyrinth before Hellboy? Or after? I think he did after Hellboy. I, I'm thinking so but too, because sure. then I think he did Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. Yeah. Which, I like the movie, but that used a lot of the exact same weird creatures and imagery that he rolled out in Penn's Labyrinth, that at times just became a whole lot of WTF kind of sequences. Well, and, and the Hellboy comics sort of fall in line with that type of thing. He's definitely a very visual director. He's, got, he's definitely got this... 
this gothic... Which, to uh, aesthetic, in his defense, wasn't he basically a uh, special effects wizard? Was he? Turned know. director, that's kind of what his background is. Okay. Is he was, he was a special effects artist turned director. Given his shot to direct a film and ran with it. And right, right. So here we have Crimson Peak, and, um, you know, there, there's been a lot of talk about it, a lot of hype, and, and, and the... The critical reception to this seems to be lukewarm. I mean, it, it sort of falls a little to the right of the middle in that it's sitting around, I think, around sixty percent ish. Yeah, on it, RT. On RT, it's a, it's a um, fresh. So people are are a lot of people are enjoying it, and, and it has its detractors. Mm-hmm. So, with that said, we just came out of this movie. Where are you sitting with this? I'm I'm sitting. I don't. I, I'm going to hesitate and even stop short of ever calling this. I, movie. I guess I guess it's not fair of me to just throw it at you. No, no, that's that, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. A lot of times you answer first. I'm going to say this from the get go. This movie's being promoted like a horror movie. I don't feel like there's any horror element in this movie whatsoever. There are ghosts in this movie. That are absolutely unnecessary, done just for special effect. At the end of the day, what we really have is a story of a couple with a very questionable past trying to loop some unfortunate girl into their situation, which isn't even hidden that it's a, that there's a sketchy couple, just from the way Chastain is. Cast or is, mm-hmm. it, it uses a character throughout mm-hmm. Lorraine was that her name Louise uh, Lorraine I believe Lorraine at no point do they try to make her friendly warm anything so you know, from the from the get go you know she's sketchy you just don't know exactly how sketchy she really is uh, for me part of it part of what and I, I don't claim to be the smartest guy in the room um, in any given time. But at the end of a film, what I need, I don't want to be sitting there wondering what was the point of that? What, 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 why? I don't want to, I don't want to sit there and go, why was this person this way? And I had a lot of why when I came out of, out of this movie. Um, well, here's the, my first question. Why did nobody question that this dude had three wives that just disappeared at some point? Dude's what in his thirties? Mm. So but in this but, house, but mom they, has died. Yeah. They never discuss what happened to dad. Right. And three, he's gone through three wives. Right. We know yeah. that. Yeah. Milan, England, and Edinburgh, and Edinburgh. Nobody is questioning this. Nobody? Well, Seriously? after a while she is. She's looking at that. She's no, going she is. But yeah. who, how about the townspeople that would arrest their asses? Well, maybe. But they were at least a four-hour walk from there. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, you know I'm going to give Del Toro props. Visually, it's this a was a gorgeous f- film. It was a brilliant, brilliant film. You know, all of the gothic elements were, were spot on. Um, you know, it, it 
a lot of this reminded me a little too much of the woman in black from mm -hmm. the aesthetic. I mean, the the, the house, uh, the castle house out in the middle of nowhere, you know, run down fixer-up Hogwarts that they had out there. Um, With all that money, you think at some point they would just pass the But he didn't room. have money. Yeah, enough that was, to build that, was, that fucking machine. You know, he built the machine, no, but he couldn't it's sell the, the machine. Right. He couldn't sell the machine. Fair enough. Um, so, th so that piece didn't didn't bother me so much, but I, visually, I thought it was just absolutely stunning. And hey, props to the little call out for Buffalo, New York, circa. I was never give you credit for that. I said it was Buffalo, New York. I'm like, wow. All well, right. I'm looking around, like, all right, I, I have no idea if this was really Buffalo, New York, back. If this if this looks like that or not, I'm looking for landmarks. So I'm like, ah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it was nice to see Buffalo, New York on the thing. Um, but how, when you take away the visual aspects of this, I just didn't, I didn't quite understand the story. I didn't understand what Lorraine and, and Loki were attempting to do in the end game. I don't understand. I, I, I did not, it did not register with me why they were bringing in these women or was this just a... Sister loves brother thing, and and it's a jealousy rage thing. But the sister seemed in on it to begin with. Of why we're bringing these girls in? Why are we bringing these girls in? Is it to sustain life? Is it? It's to sustain the money to keep the house. Okay. So. But they didn't do a good job of showing why. And yes. that's the problem. Yeah, why, do, what, why no is this point, house so fucking relevant to them? That when they show up at this house the first time that we see, they have this Scottish servant yeah. who we don't really hardly ever see again. No. But he appears to be a caretaker. And apparently a dog they want to kill. Where the fuck? The, that dog came and went every half hour. Yeah. At the end of the movie, I'm waiting for the dog to come running down to follow him. Nope, no dog. But okay, so they so they want to bring these women in to to <laughs> to, to take to the money, sign their lives over, sign because they so have they keep no other heirs. But but they've been alive for so long. It was my was my impression? My impression was that these people were alive for many years prior to this point in time. For about 20 years. The, the, Is that well, what you took? I'm sorry. Let me I almost, almost to the point where I thought maybe they were ghosts themselves. No, no. They were in their 30s. Mom and dad, they killed mom and dad off in their Yes. Teens. Yeah. So for she basically did. when she got released from her stay at school, which yeah. Maya Wasserschowski. Yeah. Elaine Edith. 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 Said that she knows that actually it probably meant she was sent away somewhere else. Yeah. It was covered up. Really, they had 20 years of living to, to deal with. And that's why they were bringing these women in who had no other heirs, getting to sign their, their life savings over, and then they'd kill them off and live off those so life savings. So basically, Jessica Chastain is just a, a manipulative psychopath. Manipulative psychopath who's fucking her brother and poisoning his wives. Yeah. To survive. So they can survive. But he's on board until this time. Yeah. Which, again, is just strange. Admittedly, when I saw the photos, the other wives were way uglier. So, I, I you know. 
you know, why does she send it? Why? Uh, after they, they kill, after she killed the wife or whoever killed the wife from London and Edinburgh and Milan, were there no other rich people locally that she had to send the brother all the way to, to Buffalo? Well, and that's what I didn't get. <laughs> What? It's almost like... Are they doing research here? It's almost like because that's look at, their way. Because he's got his, his, his machine that he's trying right. to sell. It just doesn't tie. It, it's almost like that's their way of saying, well, this is why no one's caught on. Because they're not marrying locals. So, But there are well, people... Well, she said that in the end. She said, you know, no living family members and such and such. So and nobody not, not making them local, so no one cares. The problem is there are going to be people, though, that do know well, that you he's know gotten cares? Married. Do you know who cares? Jax Teller cares. <laughs> you know, can we talk for a second about Charlie Hunnam? Dude can't act, right? I'm, you, know I'm what? Not... you know what? If I had never seen Sons of Anarchy, I might have not given a second thought to Charlie Hunnam's character. Now, first of all, I thought his character was... Ill-defined, didn't really. I, 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 okay, he had the he had a thing for he, Edith. I, I'm going to throw this out there. When they were, when when Edith comes into his office, and they start talking about ghosts. Books, well, at first she's talking about the books. Did he mispronounce Doyle? Did he mispronounce ophthalmology? I swear, if I revisit this movie, well, I, and I may not. I think that he said ophthalmology. Well, I I didn't I didn't catch that. I did catch. I, I remember the I remember the. the oh, and by the way, uh, eye doctor is not the guy who solves all the problems of everyone in town. <laughs> well, that that was part too. When when they were looking to uh, to identify her father's body, it's like I'm his physician. Ten minutes ago, you said you were an ophthalmologist. Right. That's an eye doctor. And I don't know if you heard me, but. <laughs> I muttered under my breath. I think it's got to do with that big gaping gash in his head that killed him. Yeah, that's probably what did him. In. And I like the fact that they, he starts rolling the body over to look at something, which yeah, I'm which is never revisited. I'm presuming it's the silt from the sink, Maybe. but we know the head was smashed through the sink. We saw it, and I'm assuming any that the detective murderer, that found it. I'm saw assuming it. the murderer didn't replace the sink before the black dude returned with that. Dude. Dude's got support, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Otherwise, like, what? the murderer <laughs> is the fastest plumber known to mankind. Right. Um, yeah, Hunnam is just. There was. I couldn't. I don't. I don't dislike Charlie Hunnam, oh. but Charlie Hunnam is one guy and everything, and the, and I just I could not. He's separate got one delivery. It's Jack Jack's Teller. Teller. Away from this character, um, and especially when he like gets together with the—I don't remember his name—but sort of like the uh, the uh, guy who does the investigations on the side for people and stuff like that. Who is that guy? I, I have no idea. It's that guy in so many movies. Too. It, but it, it reminded me of every scene that Jax Teller was trying yeah. to like do something around the club, you know, talking to this guy and that guy. We got a deal going, yeah. Brown. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Every scene was that for me with Charlie Hunnam. It's all the Mayans <laughs> against the Niners. Yes, it, it is. was. It was. I was waiting for Danny Trejo to show up at some point here. Um, can I? Here's another thing that just bugged me, and it bugged me through the whole goddamn movie. And it, it really has no, nothing to do with it. But 
at every single instance inside that house, fucking either leaves or snow were falling through that hole. Mm-hmm. And first of all, the leaves were the thing that bugged me the most because I saw the outside. There's no fucking trees. Yeah, There's know. no trees. Where the <laughs> that fuck are these the, leaves coming that from? <laughs> was in the dead center of the roof, which had steeples yes. all around it. <laughs> Where the fuck are the trees? They've got Why? one tree that they planted on the roof just to do yeah. that effect. <laughs> what the and then the snow. There was a couple times where they tried to escape the house stuff. That all of a sudden there was these monster snow drifts. Okay, I get that. That should have been what we saw every single time because it never stopped snowing. Well, you mean the fact that they were snowed at the post office? Yeah, yeah when they there was go, two we, inches. You turn to Crimson Peak. You could have easily walked through that in yeah. three, like three hours. <laughs> I barely even need my boots for the shit. Just little things like that. And I'm like, what the fuck? Well, let's... Okay. Here is truly my biggest issue with this movie. Is its lack of attention to detail. The snow is it. The leaves are it. The fact that Loki gets his hand burned... Yeah. Is... We see it getting wrapped, and that wrap disappears immediately. Yeah. Maya Wasikowski apparently needed to be knocked out so her leg could be set when she was thrown off the stairs. Right. And she's running in the next scene. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. and by the way, after that, they show her coming up off that machine in the woods, and yeah. then she acts like she's struggling because of the leg. Yeah. For ten minutes, you haven't given her Franz fat ass about this leg. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, dude. Oh, and Louis, uh, Louise apparently had no idea Charlie Hunnam was in that basement the whole time. All the trailers have shown you can't go beneath this level. Yeah. There's one floor beneath the level. Right. It's got like six vats of fucking molten clay, yeah. which occasionally a ghost pops out of. Oh, and a chest on top of it, with conveniently the label on the lock is the same label on the key. So that worked out perfectly. Was, was her mother that died early on, was she Was she one of the women that was killed? By I, don't, I, I didn't get because, that impression. Because... How the fuck does she know what she's, the hell Crimson she, Peak is? She just knew. Don't, don't go to Crimson Peak. I, I have no idea. Beware Crimson Peak. It, it happened twice. It was good imagery. It was creepy imagery. Right. I thought it was done effectively like that. But how the fuck does she know what the hell Crimson yeah. Peak is? Yeah. Is there like this, you know, a demon network underneath or something like that? Like the, you the don't realize bark and ghosts actually ask a bunch of their, of questions in the magic eight ball, <laughs> and she just randomly threw the words "Crimson Peak" together. Should should my daughter avoid Crimson Peak? Signs say yes. There it is. Magic eight ball tells all. I guess I you know there was just a lot of the pacing to some degrees fell off. There was a lot of. I Dude, there was I was getting of, bored. Well, at there was. There was a lot of there was a lot of exposition in there that really just sort of went nowhere. There was a lot of 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 scenes where it was just two people talking about stuff that never really felt like it went anywhere. At the end of the movie, it never. I'm waiting for like this big reveal of something. I never felt it was there. It, it just. It felt empty to me. Let me throw this out there. I'm not even sure I get how this movie ends. Because as we see her leaving with Hunnam, there's a whole bunch of townspeople with torches. Right? Yeah, yeah, that are coming there. How the fuck do they... How do they know that these two aren't the murderers? 
Yeah. Because these have been stand-up citizens, apparently, with their oh. mi- their clay mining operation. Oh. First of all, why are what you, the fuck is crimson clay? By the way, I've why are why are why are you walking away from the house to begin with? Because I'm pretty sure that that Loki and all that stuff didn't walk there. There's a horse and buggy around this fucking place somewhere. Even though he was told the horse was too exhausted, was going to drop dead. Well, now, that was his horse. Where's Loki's horse? Oh, good point. Good point. That, <laughs> they, you're they right. Loki does have his own horse. <laughs> I just... All these little things is, is that you're expected to just like, eh, eh, whatever, you know, stuff. No. No, you can't do that. Not to that point. Now, did he write and direct this? Because I don't have any I issue... So. I don't have any big issue with the direction piece of this. I, I think from an acting perspective... Hunnam's ability to act aside, and it's not even that he's a bad actor, he's just a one note. Chastain, Hiddleston, and Wachowski were awesome. They were fine. fine. I really actually liked Chastain a lot in this movie. I did. I kept kept conjuring Ava Green in this role. I thought maybe this should be Ava Green. Actually, that would have been great casting, dude. Yeah, it just felt like this would have been an Ava Green. That feels very White Bird in a Blizzard kind of casting, but it would have worked. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I was thinking. I'll give props yeah. to Chastain though in that white nighty when she's chasing and nothing on underneath. Oh, yeah, good scene, Chastain. Yeah, bravo. Um, um, but but a lot of it just it just felt empty because because it just felt like like eh, well we thought about this and we showed you a little of this but eh, we're not going to pursue that. So what was the point of bringing up the baby that the two had? I have no idea. Was it Why just was because they CGI'd a baby into a CGI ghost's arms? Maybe. Oh, and the baby and had a slightly large ghost? head. Oh, that that ghost was one of the wives that they what killed of? off. What of? They, no, Why they is said, she the relevant one? Where's right. the other two? And, but its relevance was pointing down a hallway just so Mia well, could see him fucking. Yeah, but, but she didn't her? see him fucking. Why her? I don't know. Where, what's wrong with the other two? I don't was know. she Edinburgh or, or Milan? Or, she kept bringing up Italy. I'm not Italy? even certain what we saw pop up uh, out of that clay pool. There was a ghost <laughs> thing with a severely huge head with a massive yeah. gash in it. I don't know what I saw. I I have no idea. Why this movie they... got off on CGI ghost effects. Yeah, just mm-hmm. random ones. Ones where it would just randomly show this black mist walking down a hallway. Or walking out of a room. And some of that was effective. Certainly, but some of it was pointless. Like yeah, I say, a lot of these, that's the problem. A, a lot, lot of this, of these, this ghost imagery looked cool, but at the end of the day you go, what the fuck did it do? It was just right. ghost pointing. Thank you. <laughs> and, and I'm sorry. You she, mean, you want me to follow the music which they're playing way too loud while they're fucking with his wife two rooms down the hallway. Right. Thank you. Right. Um, you know, and I'm sorry. She broke a lot more in her leg on that fall. Oh, then. You <laughs> broke her back on that fall. <laughs> Tumbling down a few flights. How about the fact that it never stopped snowing, but there was never more than two inches of snow on the floor in the house? Well, <laughs> I think the dog and the caretaker found a good place to be. Maybe. That caretaker that was way too much like Albert. Was it Albert Finney in Skyfall? I think in Skyfall was his caretaker that was taking care of Skyfall when James Bond shows up. Oh, that wasn't Albert Finney, was it? I don't. I think gotta it look was now. Albert Finney. Keep talking. I'm gonna look. Um, I, 
you know, I mean, I, I'm just I'm just rehashing the same opinion over and over here. It's just like a lot of this just felt pointless. It did a lot of this exposition, a lot of these effects and stuff like that to distract you from the fact that there isn't really a whole hell of a lot of story here. That's the problem. Um, At the end of the day, it's... She just wanted to hold on to the house. So and fuck her brother. She sends the brother all over the world to find women with money that they can bring back. And, uh, so? I, I don't... I just... Yeah, it, it just fell... Flat for me. And Albert Finney played was, Kincaid. All right, yeah, congratulations on that one. Yeah, it's a Bond flick. I um, better know it. I, as I'm watching this film, I'm wanting to like it a lot more than I am, and I'm waiting for that moment well, throughout the whole film. And I'm, I'm like, bummed. eventually, at some point here, something great is going to happen. Dude, it's going to tie this together, and it, it just happen. never happens. I even <laughs> even on Joe Blow, I noticed that <sighs> they always have the little talking Joe Blow head. And it's now saying, go see, Clint, uh, go see Crimson Peak. Did you hear the ticket taker girl when I yeah. bought my ticket? Yeah. Oh, you're going to love so this awesome. movie. It's so awesome. It's so awesome. And I kept watching it going, I'm falling asleep. This, I, What is awesome about this movie? Right. Right. It, it, it really, it looked great. The, this movie was my biggest fear of what we'd get. It looked great, but there's nothing to it. Right. Unlike the acting, other than Hunnam. Yeah, I mean, Hiddleston's great. And Hiddleston was perfectly cast for this type no, of role. It, no, he looked the part. He he, he played it out well. And I actually like Mia washer Wachowski. Yeah, no, a I lot. think she's yeah, a good she young fine. little actress. Chastain was fine. It was sort of like that, you know, rekindling up the mama but role. But I like your Eva Green idea. Because oh, Eva just, Green always plays like, that moody part. It felt like an Eva Green role to and, me. And that's no Jessica no, Chastain tends to play ones that are a little cheerier at times. Well, in the Martian, she's like her mama role I is, about mama. is uh, what sort of felt like. And, she was doing it's here. interesting you call that out because one thing about Guillermo del Toro is he seems to keep revisiting with the same actors and actresses. Yeah. Yeah. And I forgot all about the fact that he executive produced Mama, did which he, had Jessica. Like, did he? I believe one? so. Yeah. Because um, the director that Mama was, was great. Story. That's a great movie. I love Mama. It was on late last night. And um, that movie is one of the most underrated horror films in the past ten years. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed Mama quite a bit. Um, yeah, for me, I, I just, you know, I can't defend it. Visually great. Um, from a from an acting perspective, it was it was it was it was really good. Yeah. And and I don't you know Hunnam fine for me Hunnam's a one trick pony and, and that showed here, but that was Hunnam and he didn't do anything to to damage the movie. No, 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 There just wasn't enough story here. There was just too many too many points of this that they tried to bring up that they never followed through with. There was a bunch of shit where you're just supposed to. Where you're just wondering, I'm like, not even certain. I buy that she goes from Hiddleston comes back, tells her that his her father had bribed him and had threatened him. Yeah. To suddenly we're married. I'm giving up everything. I'm moving to London. Yeah. Or yeah, not I mean, even London. Way in the middle of nowhere, UK. What was her point? Uh, what was the point of her having such an infatuation with Hiddleston? Because they don't really explore that. What was her point with the book? 
Yeah, well, so much time yeah, was spent on this she's fucking a, book. But she's a writer. She's a and writer. Stuff like she's so ind- she's independent. It, she's Just, independent. So at the world. very end, you can see Crimson Peak by Edith, whatever her name right. was. So that was her story. Uh, yeah. You know, in the beginning, they play her off to be sort of like this this independent thinking woman and you know somebody she like is the fuck the man this is what, thank you, you she's know? the one where in a world that now will eviscerate me for saying it in a world where guys dominated well, sure. she was the female that was like then fuck it I'll be I'll turn myself right. into a guy the typewriter scene I'll use yeah. a typewriter because my handwriting is too feminine yeah and if I if I use a typewriter They'll think that it's more she said, the, the, the great line is so it's like I'd rather be a Mary Shelley. Mm-hmm. She died a widow and stuff like that. I, you know, she was total like like feminist approach back when feminist wasn't allowed. And then at the end, it's like well, that really means nothing. Right, because I'm going to give up everything, move all the way to the UK, sign everything over to my new husband who I met just two days ago. Well, who 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 <laughs> likes her? First of all, it's like I like what we're doing here. You just walked up here like 30 seconds ago. Are you actually reading the manuscript right. on the thing? Well, what the fuck? Thank you. <laughs> thank what? you. I'm going, at what point does, do you get the plot when you're reading a story? I know. Is it the and third paragraph? And then on top of that, it's like, okay, well, you're some like mechanical engineer with no money. Not like you're a publisher with money. Who gives a shit if you like the oh. story? And this is a mechanical engineer. Fix the hole in the fucking roof. Yeah, Please. <laughs> You're all freezing here. Once the leaves from no trees stop coming through, I'm going to fix that. So which is it? Uh, dude, I this is a movie I never have any need to revisit. No. Um, and, and it's going to be one of those that's going to frustrate me. Because you will meet somebody yeah. who's going to say, I saw this movie. Yep. You need to see it. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Crimson Peak. I've yeah. seen it. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, I'm. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna pretend for a second here that I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give it extra props just because it was visually. Please and stuff, don't. Stuff that I'm gonna land at about a one and a half on this one. I'm landing just, exactly on a one and a half. It just I was falling asleep on it this movie. It just isn't a good it, movie. There was not enough to go on. It's not was, a good story. Let me put it that way. And it's, that thing went on for an hour and yeah. forty fucking minutes. And it, it felt like, <laughs> like an hour and seventy five or yeah, yeah. It it felt way longer than it should have been. Yeah, it just it's not good. I still wanna know what happened to the dog. The dog kept disappearing, reappearing. I don't know. In the scene when they come back from their night fucking at the room under the post office? Yeah. And that's apparently where he when he finally fell in love. I guess. I, I guess it's actually a scene where women, hey, what? heads up, hey. you see Loki's ass. Time out. So. Time out. I, I, was, I was ready to wrap this, but now no, I'm like, no, no, no. what's the point of the fucking ring? Oh, I... What you, was you know the what the point whole point was? And ring. I didn't think about this because the mom was wearing the ring. So, so the ring is that that significance that they keep passing it to the next. That's wife. gonna be mine because but I almost said Ava agreed. I said because Jessica Chastain's character was like, "You don't get to give that away. That's mine and stuff like that." 
Then why are you giving it to anybody? Right. Why is this relevant? Is it is it like is it because the person who wears this is is charmed? Is there, what's the point of even giving the fucking the ring point to is, her? It's the family ring, and that's Jessica Chesson. Lori, I'm losing her name. Louise. Louise. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Who gives a shit. The L word. It's it's Jessica's ring or Eva's ring. Faux <laughs> Eva. I just don't even. They they handed off because she had that interesting line about it's not that you're selling the ring, it's that we are using the ring or something yeah, where they worked so out their what? deal for what? Let's discuss the amount of damage you take from removing a ring. Did you see Mia Wachowski's finger after she yeah. supposedly fetched that ring? It looked like battery acid and poured on and poured on the thing. How about when they killed her dad when he's in there doing his shame and stuff like that? Not ten seconds goes by and he hears something and then he looks back and all of a sudden the water's right at the thing. How'd you let it get to that point before you What the I even was struggling so and and I could be wrong on this, and, and I, I, I probably am. Did we have plumbing at that level at that time? I don't know. Because I'm yeah, struggling. They had a motor car. To tell the year? They had a car. So it had to be in the 20s? So that was awful fancy plumbing here, right? Maybe. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't, I, 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 I don't know my plumbing, but I don't, I don't know I'm my historical looking at the plumbing. Going, did we really give a fuck about really fancy plumbing at that point? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, maybe the rich people did. The rich people in Buffalo did, I guess. Yeah, you uh, fucking Buffalo people. Yeah, we're a bunch of yeah, you're a bunch, bunch of pretentious douches, right? Right. You're living off. We the don't have. We don't have. We don't have paved roads, but we've got awesome plumbing. Yeah, this this movie's a piece, this of, is a piece of shit. <laughs> Sorry. At least I, I read a review this morning, dude. They gave it a ten out of ten. Uh, what? A ten out of ten. What? <laughs> You sure that wasn't like uh, Tom Hiddleston, Charlie Holmes' mom, or something like that? <laughs> this was yeah, yeah, I just, I just awful. I just don't even. But oh, anyway, moving on. Um, what were we going to cover for the next one? Was it really? Uh, I don't even remember. If it appears, I don't even remember. But two weeks from now, we're going to do something, and I don't remember. I thought maybe we were going to do Krampus. Here's what I'm certain of. It should be better than the movie we just saw. It should be. Because going to Krampus, we know what we're going into. <laughs> right. Uh, anyway. All right. We'll the call things it, we do uh, for our fan. No doubt. Yeah. Paul. Hey. An hour and a half in. We need to mention Paul. Hey, Paul. Hey, Paul. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Don't we'll, see Crimson Peak. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Late. Late. <laughs>